Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games, the Bedrock blog, and I'm here with Matt and Adam, and we're going to be talking about Fear City, a 1984 film directed by Abel Ferrara. Um, this is part of our, I guess we're doing like an Abel Ferrara deep dive of some kind here. So this is, how many movies have we done? Is this the fourth Abel Ferrara or the fifth? I think it's the fifth. It's the fifth, I think, because we did, we did Miss 45, right? We did, did we do Miss 45? We did yeah, uh, Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant. Uh, yeah. We did King of New York. And yep. we did China Girl, right? So this is number five. Yes, it's five. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the most of almost any director we've ever done. On, on <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so anyways, this is, this is kind of an interesting one because it's, it's bef- I, and correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but this is before China Girl, I think, this film. And it's also after Ms. 45. And so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, And I'm curious what everybody's reaction was to it. Um, You know, I don't know who wants to go first or who want to roll to see who goes first. Why don't you go first, Matt? Okay. Yeah, go, Matt. Okay. Yeah, (laughs) this is the movie between Ms. 45 and uh, China Girl. So it took him a few years to get some of these movies made, but he was doing television for the networks during that period, too. Uh, he, he did some uh, two episodes, I think, of Miami Vice. And there was one called FBI Stories. I think that was the name of it. He did one or two episodes of that, which I want to see real badly. I, I saw the yeah. Miami Vice ones, and they didn't really... They didn't stand out. They weren't bad. They weren't, you know. It's my mm-hmm. Miami Vice. You, you know, I'm not a, a big. I was show. never a big fan of it. It was a formulaic yeah. show. Yeah, I didn't. It's not Michael Mann's best. <laughs> um, it it I it's an enjoyable movie. It's very entertaining. It gives you a pretty good idea of the nightlife in New York City in the early to mid '80s. Um, but it was meant, I guess, to be a disco era story. Miami it took Vice? a while to get Miami Vice. No, um, no, Fear City. Oh, okay. okay. It, it, it took him a while. It, it was going to be like Saturday Night Fever or something. You know, it was basically about the Italian American disco uh, subculture oh. in Manhattan at the time, and. That had Ferrara and some of his buddies were really like at the forefront almost of this this stuff. They went out and discoed their their booties off. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know I know a guy who did all the lighting work for a lot of the discos in the in New York in the seventies. Actually, got yeah. a lot of stories. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's got to be some great stuff there. Um, yeah. You know, this yeah. is some of the last days of working class culture, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. bad as some disco is, it, it was. And it was it was different at the ground level at that time in the late 70s, early 80s. It, there, was, there was a lot more to it. Well, I, I would anyway, just say about um, disco, too, I just had a thought, which is that some of the like, because I'm definitely more from like the the rock and metal side of the spectrum and disco has always been sort of something that you're supposed to view with suspicion. But one thing I've noticed is that some of the best rock songs actually have a disco element to them. Do you know what I mean? Like Pink Floyd 
in the wall. They use oh, yeah. disco. You know what I mean? And there's like yeah. there's Queen songs where they're oh. clearly using disco. And there's like a lot of other songs that don't even remotely sound disco like that have this disco element to them. So I think it definitely you know uh, and Blondie. Blondie has you know songs that are kind of veering yeah. into yeah. disco too. Um, oh yeah. But I'm sorry. Go on, Matt. Even Black Sabbath. Yeah, Black yeah, Sabbath. Yeah, Black Sabbath too. even yeah. used a disco riff. <laughs> I used one on uh, Technical Ecstasy on a song, so, and people uh, were not happy about. It. Well, the one thing is, <laughs> it's always it's like, like a one album that you probably, if you if you're gonna bring it up in defense of disco, that's like the that's got to be like the most hated Aussie era Black Sabbath album, I think. Uh, Technical Ecstasy. I love it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking I it, like it, but I just it's 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 a it's a very divisive album. I'll put it that way. Um, but, oh yeah, yeah. I find that I find that musicians are a lot less into dividing things up by genre than actual music fans are. It's like musicians usually listen to like a wide range of stuff, and their music fans are like in their box, and they hate everything outside the box a lot of times. You know what it is? Because when I hear disco, like especially get disco guitar, because I was a guitar player. When I hear that. Yeah. What my ear does is say, well, how is they, how are they doing that? Like, I know, I know, like, I can, I can listen to it and maybe hear the chord, but I can't really understand how they're getting that sound out of the guitar between the rhythm and the chord. You know what I mean? There's like some, there's some magic going on that you have to understand in order to replicate a genre. And so I, I, I think that that's, I think that's how musicians tend to view music when they hear it is not, not like, oh God, I got to erect a gate against this stuff. But uh, <laughs> how did they do that? Yeah, how did they do that? And like, like to Matt's point about technical ecstasy, even if yeah. even if somebody doesn't like technical ecstasy, ecstasy, I think it's pretty clear that that some of the stuff they were doing on that album is what eventually got them to stuff like Heaven and Hell, which is a really popular album. So I mean, you know, sometimes too musicians like sometimes bands will put out an album and it's like they're workshopping a sound, and they have to get the sound. You know what I mean? Like they they can't it can't all be like everything the audience necessarily wants to hear if they're trying to grow um yeah i mean we were yeah. before the podcast started we had we were mentioned david bowie and like he's someone it's like he's had his good periods and his bad yeah. periods but he never would have had those later good periods if he hadn't got i'm gonna go do this other thing yeah. that his fans hated for a while that's, and and that's, speaking speaking of that the, the uh the thing about fear city that i thought was interesting when I first saw, it. and I and yeah. I, this is my first viewing, so I've only seen it once. But like on the on the on this first viewing, I felt that um, I could see how this is what led to the other movies that we were watching, the you know King of New York yeah. and uh, and China Girl, and I and I could it, it it's almost like I can see like the, okay, this is like it's almost like you can see new muscle tissue growing with this movie if that <laughs> makes sense. Um, so I thought yeah. that was. It's got a, yeah. it's got a very formulaic skeleton. I mean, it, it, it this movie felt to me a bit like those movies that would be like a thriller that would be on Cinemax at one a.m. Like, and usually they'd be like really, really poorly directed, really poorly yeah. acted. This is like if you gave one of those scripts to someone that was talented, yeah. and yeah. they did something great with it, but. As you say, it's like the things that aren't part of that skeleton, all these little kind of scenes going on with the mob and stuff kind of on the periphery. It's like it's kind of like that's what Ferrara is really interested more than this this serial killer guy. And he just kind of the, the formula kind of drops off yeah. in his later movies after this. Well, because because what's 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 notable mm -hmm. is 
to me, what I at least what I what I first noticed was the the world he creates, like that that the the, the yeah. sleazy underworld yeah. that you're inhabiting, and that's what made yeah. it fascinating to me. It was like, and you have that guy. I don't know the actor's name, but he's the guy from Godfather Two. Um, you know, the, the one who comes to Michael and like, you know, is belligerent at the wedding. Um, and he has that like, it's it's not like the other strip clubs. It's almost more of a burlesque style club where like there's like a there's like an audience and seats and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the way that they kind of showed you that then showed you the other clubs and then showed like this boxing background of the main character, the um, uh, the Tom Berenger character. And you just kind of slowly got this sense of a world that was like a, an underworld. And I, I don't know, I, li- I liked I liked the setting. I thought that that it mm-hmm. did a really good job of establishing a setting. Um, yeah. and, and, mo- and most of it was just kind of hanging out in bars, really. Right. Like that was kind of like very reminiscent <laughs> of like some of the scenes in Mean Streets and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, the other thing is just to get back to the the plot that Adam mentioned, the, this is a, you couldn't have this plot in like any other year because this was like, uh, (laughs) the, the, the karate expert (laughs) slash serial killer just wouldn't exist in this way. Like you might have a martial artist serial killer, but it wouldn't be done the way it was in this movie in like any Uh year outside of like 1984 to like 1987. There's like a that's like a very there's like a very narrow window where karate is treated the way it is in this movie, um, and and I, I, yeah, I, I watching the movie right. I was like I can't wait to hear Brandon's take on yeah. the Marshall I know he's gonna have like some relevant yeah. come on I shouldn't be interrupting you <laughs> well no I'm just saying like so okay just to give people to people who haven't seen the movie the bad guy is a karate expert at first you're led to believe it's a rival strip club owner or something like that but then it turns out no yeah it's a it's a karate expert who's just I don't know. He's just killing them so he can practice his karate because he wants to be an instrument of death. Is that the? Is well, that? The I idea? think there's I an element too of morality to it. He that he considers that he, at some point he when he's writing his his book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very uh very Rorschach from Watchmen, which I think was actually uh after this. But uh, but yeah, we're, I think I think he's just just you know he's, he's it's the classic thing. I'm gonna kill all these whores because they're horrible. Sinners, okay, I missed that line. Okay, so so that 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 yeah. that makes more sense then. But yeah. uh, the... actually, quick question before we go on, because I the version I watched was really interesting. I watched it on Amazon Prime. I don't know if everyone else did. That's why I watched it on Amazon. Yeah, I was gonna say it's interesting because. Every you could tell there's there's a uncut version and a theatrical cut, but it see I was it was clearly the uncut version I was watching, but there were all these scenes where the quality of the picture would just become a lot worse. So it was like you could it was like you were knowing every time the scene was taken out of the theatrical cut, it became okay. clearly obvious because the film quality right. would change. Okay, I didn't notice that. I saw the one on Amazon that you rent. I didn't see the one with ads, and so I don't know if that's a different one. No, I, I, it was that was what I did. I rented okay. it. I, I okay. Yeah, but I, I don't did, know. Maybe was yeah. there were there two options? Was there was there a theatrical and an uncut version, or was there just one option? If there was, I missed it. Okay, I, I just picked the only option I saw. I didn't know there were two versions till I was watching it, and I'm like, okay. oh, clearly, clearly they put these scenes of lower quality mm. film back into the movie, um, and it, it just kind of made it kind of <laughs> fat. And I was, most of the time, it was pretty clear why they took it out. Every now and then, I was like, I'm not quite sure why they deleted those three seconds. <laughs> okay. I mean, th- that was, um, uh, yeah, I, I, oh, on the martial arts to answer your question, uh, 
I don't know. It was. It's just an interesting period because he's doing very rigid, like, like mm. exaggerated movements that almost look like they're more part of a form than they're part of like yeah. natural style of moving. And I think films have moved yeah. away from that very rigid approach to you know and 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 it's and it's also not like if you go back to earlier movies where it's like chuck norris he is doing those like traditional karate moves but he's doing them in a more fluid way on camera that doesn't look like that but by the 80 mid 80s i feel like you have movies doing this kind of thing um and and also he does weird stuff like i think i don't know the name of the weapon because i didn't do karate but i think it's a comma it's like that that like chicken sickle weapon. It's like a stick with like a hook on it at the end. I think he killed somebody yeah. with one of those at one point, right? Wasn't that one of the weapons he used? It was, he uses some kind of traditional yeah. weapon to to commit one of the murders, I think. Um, and it's I don't know. It's 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 yeah. just really weird and fascinating. That's all I really thought about it. Just like because he it's almost like it's almost like you and he wasn't played by Jean-Claude Van Damme but it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme was intruding into this movie about a gritty sleazy criminal underworld where where karate doesn't even seem to exist do you know what i mean and then and and then he brings with him all of the rules of karate genre into the movie and that's what makes it, it just really feels weird i th- i feel like in the 80s i would have totally it would it wouldn't even have registered but now in high, now seeing a film at you know decades later set in that period it's sort of like oh this is like weird 80s karate logic that doesn't exist outside of this decade yeah Yeah. it felt weirder too because as you say a lot of the scenes in the clubs and so on had that very naturalistic feel ferrara has where you're very much in the real world in in its movies and yeah so just just having this you know karate serial killer in a ferrara film felt really strange to me (laughs) and uh i I will say the the actual fight scenes oh go ahead that he didn't yeah he didn't have total control over this film no yeah that was clear um on the actual fight scenes like when he actually does fight the karate guy i did feel like they still handled it fairly well in terms of it you know when he's it punching him, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, you know the the scene where I kind of was like, "What the hell?" is when he kicks his friend to the ground and the guy ends up in a coma, and it was like, "Well, that, that did not look like a lethal yeah. attack to me in any remote way." No. Like I get it, you could land on the concrete, funny, but just by movie logic, like landing on the concrete, it was the kick. It wasn't the you know. So uh, I don't know. It just felt that felt a little odd. <laughs> Um, I like the yeah. scene though where they were beating yeah. up the guy in the kitchen. Um, the guy that, that was, was good. Yeah, yeah. That was that was an excellent fight scene. Yeah. yeah, and it was a cool. I don't know, just the fact that they had the wrong guy. Um, it was kind of uh-huh. a Summer Sam type thing. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember the movie Summer yeah. Sam, yeah. but it was that sort of yeah. thing. It's just like okay, they they think they've got the killer, and it's like yeah, they just saw a scalpel yeah. in his pocket. It was you know he's got a plane ticket. He just got here today or yesterday. He's not him. Um, that was a that was a big beefy guy too. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like that was that was that was a that was, it was a good choice they made at this guy who was who really was someone that was tough for them all to take down. He was perfect in so many ways because he was number one big and beefy. He also had a look where it's like I believed that he would go to strip clubs. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, you know, and then and and, and 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 also the way he was dressed, he had like this Biff Tannen attire on. Yes, just, uh, yeah, Biff Tannen, perfect yeah. call. Yeah. yeah. 
very creepy guy. Yeah, he was very, yeah, because yeah. you know what it was? You, you felt like he could, he was a real danger to them if they didn't take him on. You know what I mean? Like he would, he, like clearly he's bigger, you know, like all that. It just was like a, he was just a very dangerous looking person. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, um, so I don't know what, what other aspects of the movie did you guys uh, notice? Uh, as um, always, it's just, well, there's, it's just great. Yet enough. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. There's yet, yet another David Johansson song in it with Joe DeLeo. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that the song that they were playing at the opening that kind of like <laughs> rough sounding, like the it voice was, sounded the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was on the beginning and opening yeah. credits, okay. I believe. That that helps set the yeah. tone for me. I, I, yeah. I heard that, and I, I didn't know the song, I didn't know the artist, but I felt like, okay, this is setting the mood well for me. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is I was I was expecting it to go to the direction of a King of New York or a, um, or a China Girl, just because those were the two that were in my mind. I know this was before that. And so the way it ended was surprising to me, too, because I was kind <laughs> of anticipating, like, a tragedy, and... It was it's, more it's a Ferrara movie. It's like yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. like I, the, the the main character. He, he, both he and his girlfriend survive. What the yeah. heck? I, I didn't make any sense but, to me. But I, <laughs> I kind of, I, I have to admit, I liked the way Billy D. Williams. I mean, it was a very corny line <laughs> when he asked him, like, you know, you, you, you probably think you're some kind of hero, don't you? And then he says no, and like, you know, okay, Billy D. has said he doesn't like this guy's arrogance. And he just demonstrated humility. So now he says, "Okay, yeah. yeah, you might be." You know, it was it was corny, but I I don't know. I found it. I, maybe it was because Billy D. Williams was the one delivering the line. Exactly. Yeah. I I think he was the most poorly written character in a lot of places, but he 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 made it work. I yeah. think uh, just because it was it was an excellent performance. Yeah, I, I liked it. I li even the yeah. thing when he's like looking at the certificate on the wall, and just like how he's like. You know. <laughs> I know that was that was that was beautiful. He's just yeah, he, he just uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, I like I said there there were elements of the character that were really good. I liked the fact that he was this real nitpicky, perfunctionary guy. But there there were points in the movie where like I just didn't understand what he was doing. Like when they they hauled him in. You know, and and it's just like I don't know. I felt I felt like, what are you trying to achieve here? I I, I don't know. There, he was alternating between a really good character and a character I just didn't didn't understand what he was up to at points. Yeah, I was a little perplexed but, by that one too. I have to admit. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I also liked Tom Berenger in this. I thought that um, yeah, thought he was really good, good performance. Yeah, yeah. and I and I don't. I think I what movie was he in before this? Because I feel like he looked pretty young. Um, mm. Trying to think That's of movies I've seen him in before that. Not a lot. Uh, well, I'm looking at looking it up right now. I mean, to you me, keep talking. Platoon <laughs> would be like that's like the first movie I remember seeing him in is Platoon. But um, but anyways, yeah. I thought yeah. he was yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie in the, in the cruisers. Yeah. yeah, big chill. Yeah, he's in that. That'd be the big chill. Yeah, I remember him in that. Yeah. Platoon was yeah. the first time, Before time that, I remember. Though, I don't... It was 86, two years after. Yeah, that's, that's the one I remember. Um, yeah. But but I thought this was a good role yeah. for him. And I thought, uh, I like the background yeah. story of his character, where he was like this boxer who, you know, like killed some guy in the ring. And like he had this, that sort yeah. of over him. 
Um, yeah. I liked I liked that he's like with this woman that just it's very I mean it's a very noir type movie, but he's with this woman that is just like not good news for him. Like you know, even after the movie ends, no. it's not yeah. Like both him and the other guy, they're they're both so a part of the sleazy underworld. They're both dating, you know, the, the women from the clubs. And yeah, you can just tell that this is like a um, you know, it's it, it, you know, like like just as an example, his girlfriend is Melanie Griffith and she's got a heroin addiction. And so you know the uh, when she when she went back on drugs again, I, I just assumed she was going to be dead. I was like, yeah. I, I thought that was the signal. It's like there's no happy ending. So it, it is interesting that it ends up with yeah. them both alive. But as you say, you're like, this is still not a good situation. It's, well, that, but that's the thing. These are these are guys who. What I liked <laughs> about the characters is they're guys who you can imagine their whole lives. They're comfortable living in no good situations. You know, they they can get comfortable yeah. in that, and so. And the, you know, the best friend was great too. I really liked yeah. the relationship he had with his best friend. That that yeah. character felt very real to me as well. Yeah, and I like that they introduced them as like at first you think, oh, these guys are going to be like murdering this the guy from Godfather who yes. owes the money. Yes, and so they 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 they, yes. they kick it off with them seeming like really bad guys, and then you realize there's just like a lot more to them than I mean. And again, I wouldn't say that they're super deep characters, but there's just more shades to these characters that you know you know good yeah. guy bad guy um but i found the i found the relationship between the boxer and the stripper very believable that was like okay i've met that couple many times yes know, in the course of my life and so that was and yes. and you can just you, you can see why <laughs> these characters are drawn to each other you know what i mean um yeah and and uh and also yeah. i thought like you know i'm not a huge Melanie Griffith fan. I thought she was very like well suited to this role. This was like a very good role for her. I thought um, it was, I, I thought she yeah, was very good in good. this movie. And, uh, and, and go ahead. I think it's, uh, this is right after body double, I think. Oh, that's okay. right. Yeah. Was that before this? I don't know. Yeah. Let's take a look yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very Roughly. interesting movie. I, I would like it to do Body be. Double at some point. That might be a Halloween movie. Yeah. Right? I, I watched that a few years ago and I I was like, wow, this I, yeah. I hadn't watched it since the eighties. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. So I would like uh I would like to do that sometime. But uh yeah, other... doing doing a doing a dive yeah, on uh, a find my blanking on the director's name of uh, Body Double. Brian De Palma. Uh, yeah, thank you. I like a, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've been meaning to go back into into watching a bunch of De Palma movies again lately. So you know, maybe we can do that at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm up, I'm up for that. Great. Um, uh, right. Yeah, well, Ray, Ray Don Chong was also interesting in this movie. I thought um, very good. It, yeah, yeah, I thought so. It's funny because I. Well, she was in so many things in like the mid '80s, and then she just kind of disappeared. I don't think I really saw her in much yeah. after Commando. I don't really remember seeing her in many things. Um, I think like Soul Man was like the last movie. Was that '87? What was that? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I also I, I, I think didn't she was working. I didn't know. No, that she, she didn't was actually. She I've, I've got her filmography. Oh, yeah. It's like she's been working consistently, and she's got. Two, 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 two to be announced movies. Twenty, okay. twenty-two. She's not in anything, anything I've heard of, but she's working. <laughs> okay, so maybe I just didn't see the movies she was in, but I feel like I saw a lot of her in the '80s, and I suddenly yeah. didn't see her anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, that was that was famous. But yeah, I, I don't know what these things she's in are, but she's she's working somewhere. And, she, and she's Tommy Chong's daughter, right? Is that? I, yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was. I mean, I, I thought most of the casting choices were good, even even in cases where like if the acting wasn't great, like the person seemed to fit the role. So I thought that you know overall the casting seemed good, and I think Billy D. Williams. Yeah was a really good choice for this movie. That was, yeah. I, 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 well, you know what it is too? Like I just enjoyed seeing the movie where Billy D. Williams had that big of a role. Um, you know, I know, I know. I, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I said I had refreshing. And, uh, yeah. So I don't know any, uh, any other, uh, aspects of the movie to go over. Um, mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, I, like I mean, it's, it's a fairly simple movie. The music, oh yeah, the music's good. Yeah, yeah, I liked. I mean, I, I, yeah. Who was the around. artist? Who was the artist that you mentioned that did the music? It's a, it's, it's a Hollywood doll. So oh, and it's, it's a, uh, what's his name from the oh, Hollywood? It's, um, it's a, David Johansson. David, okay. David uh, from the New York, yeah, New York Dolls. Dolls. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I I know the name New York Dolls. I don't really know much of their catalog at all. So, um, yeah. But the sound was very distinct. When I heard the opening, I was like, okay, this is obviously a very raw sounding kind of music, and that seems to fit everything that I'm seeing <laughs> on the camera. You know, so it was like a very perfect blend. And also, it had like a, I don't know, there was something, there was something underneath that song that kind of like got your blood flowing a little bit. Do you know what I mean? It was just like that kind yeah. of music. Where it pumped yeah. you up to see the movie. It's um, exciting. Yeah, yeah, it had that. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad example, but like an eye of the tiger type effect. You know, totally different sound. But yeah, that kind yeah, of, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, yeah it was, I guess the only other. It, it's oh, an impressive. Ahead, sorry, Matt. Yeah, it's an impressive movie. Uh, it's very entertaining. It's got it's it's like mm-hmm. you're not as good as China Girl, but it, it's it's almost there. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It was almost like in a way because we watched them in this reverse order. It's like it felt like a little bit of a step <laughs> down, but it was still a good movie. It's, still great. It's, just that, it's just that it was like I had just seen China Girl. That was like the last point of reference that I had, and the in, the most interesting thing to me about it was just that I could see some of the DNA that was clearly going to make it into China girl and into King of New York. Um, yeah. Well, having, having already reviewed miss 45, which is before this, it's like miss 45 is more ambitious in some ways is a kind of a vision. This is, this is a little more formulaic, yeah. but uh, it's, it's, it's weird because Ch- China girl and King of New York, they almost combine both of these movies in terms of like, vibe do you know what i mean like yeah because like you're saying this movie is yeah. very formulaic and it's not the ending's not surprising but the thing that like china china girl has a lot of elements of this movie but it has like the surprise and catharsis of um of miss 45 you know what i mean it's got that like yes if, if you know what i mean it hits emotionally in the same way as miss 45 um yeah. But it has the mood and atmosphere of this movie, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And yeah, as far as the only other thing I've got to say is, is, I mean, it's just as with all of his movies, for the most part, it 
it just captures New York so well. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody that, that shoots in New York and just gives you a better sense of being in the city at the time the movie yeah. is shot. I mean, I, I it just brought back a lot of memories of me of visiting New York around that time. I always get that when I watch his movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember when that musical was playing. And it's a, there's just there's just so many <laughs> little details that, that, that just ring true. Well, I also find that, like, I'm not from New York, and I probably have some hostility towards New York. So when New York <laughs> is depicted on a movie screen, I normally don't like it. Like, I normally, like that's like a surefire way for a film to irritate me is for them to kind of blare that they're in New York in any way. <laughs> but what I liked about yeah. his movies is I feel like I'm seeing a New York I don't normally see somehow. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, it, it's you're not it's, seeing it, glamorized New York. It's I'm, just real New York walking around the city. Yeah, it's it's not like a, I don't know, like it's not like a, you know, hey, we're New York, deal with it, kind of a thing. You know, it's it's a different. It's not the go the Ghostbusters New York. Yeah, or, I love yeah. this town. Yeah, Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah I, I, but I but I'm. I'll oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Bill Murray's from New Jersey, anyway, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he. I don't think he wrote the script, so we can. Uh, we can. Where's Dan? Dan Aykroyd's from Canada, right? So, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he wrote it. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's full of it. it. Should be. I love Toronto, which you know, <laughs> I love Toronto. now where all New York movies are shot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I like the sense yeah. of place that it creates, and and it, it it also just feels I don't know. Like, there's a lot of scenes where you're like, I like even if I'm not, I've never been to New York, but like I've been in a city and been looking at a, at buildings from this vantage point early in the morning on my way to the airport or something. You know, it's just like that kind. It's yeah. just like very real about the vantage points that he gives you. Um, yes. Yes. Exactly. That's that's what I like about it. it like I said, it bring, I mean, I, when I watch most movies that in New York, they don't make me think about being in New York. It's like you, you're just watching this movie. It's like, oh, lots of helicopter shots and <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, I just feel like I feel I feel like I'm there watching these movies there at that time. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a place for yeah. helicopter shots and jazz music at the beginning oh, yeah. of a movie. But yeah, I, de I, I know what you mean. Like that, that overabundance of aerial shots and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and, and I like I like Ghostbusters too. Just for the record, I'm not not trying to trying to bag on it hard, but it just just it's just the strong contrast of you know real portrayals of New York versus you know Hollywood New York. Yeah. They're just different places. Well, you know what it is too. When Hollywood does, like when they do, they do this anywhere. They sort of, it's it's like nothing connects to anything else. In the, it's like okay, here we are at this one famous location. Here we are at this other famous location. Yeah. And people who live there know, like, wait, to get from that location to that one, I got to do all this <laughs> stuff, and it's not feasible. Yeah. So. Someone that lived in New York for I not lived in Chicago for a long time. It's like anytime I watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's like what how, how what where are they going yeah. to get from there? It just yeah, like none of none of the none of the locations <laughs> line up when they're going anywhere. It's uh so lazy. What was that, Matt? Yeah. So lazy. 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 Yeah. They're just yeah. so lazy. Yeah, I would say laziness is a big source of it. Also, I just think it's just mm -hmm. I, I think there's also a sense of like people 
don't care. They think the audience is too dumb or they, 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 yeah. or they're just prioritizing. We need to establish the place and that takes priority over all these other considerations. But I don't know. I feel like the worst way to establish a place is to show the three most prominent things of the place. You know what I mean? It just yeah. the, it, the place that everyone already knows. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, hey, we're at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nope. now we're going to be on the steps mm. of the New York Library. All right. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's just got a, a not again level understanding. Not the library, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. That, those are all my big points on the movie. Yeah. Anyone else got any? Uh... I think I'm I'm pretty. Uh, I'm, I think I covered everything. Yeah, I, I, I covered everything. <laughs> I guess the yeah, big question. Oh, go ahead, Matt. It's not like a deep movie. Yeah, it's not no, a deep movie. It doesn't have like a major big message. It's just entertainment. It is what it is. You know, it, there's nothing like wrong said, with it's, it's it. Like, it's a late it's, night. But it, it, I like Adam's description of it as like a late night Cinemax movie done really well. That's what I was that's, about to repeat. Yeah, it, yes, yeah. that's I was about to go. It's it's just a particularly good example of that genre. In fact, <laughs> I, I had a similar type of thought where I was like, this remind I didn't think Cinemax, but I thought this reminds me of stuff I saw in the 90s on cable, like that kind of like, but not bad like that, but just like it had well, that essence to it. I was gonna most movies like this, or this genre, were made. They just they just shot it in L.A. because it's Hollywood, and it had a Miami Vice aesthetic to it. It would have mm. like you know those kind of those kind of houses you'd see in Miami Vice, and lots of neon, and yeah. and it's you know basically it's like they'd rent they'd rent like these those kind of locations. And like so, so having it in New York gave it a, a distinction for most of the movies in that genre too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I guess we've reached yeah. the. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, it's it, you know it's not a classic, but it it it's is good. a fun movie. I, I enjoy watching yeah. it. Yeah, I, I like the movie, and it's definitely one that I would like to see again and pay more attention to some of the details. And it's I could see it also being a movie that grows in enjoyment as you watch it because you maybe mm -hmm. get more acquainted with the karate serial killer guy over time. Do you know what I mean? Like you just, there are details in the movie where it's like, I feel like I would, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like I would like to see this a few more times. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's been interesting going in reverse. Uh, that's, that's the, uh, um, I don't know. It's been, it's a, you know, we, we could have started at Miss 45 and gone on from there, but we started with Miss 45 went to Jumped the bad lieutenant the bad and then lieutenant. came and they formed a loop Reversed. um so so i i feel like i feel like we probably want to move on to another director <laughs> after this and then maybe come back to ferrara that might be a good way to do sure. this i don't know how you guys feel yeah, yeah um, break it up a bit because i would like to do more yeah. ferrara but i i yeah let's let's take a break and do something else and we'll come back to the 90s ferrara stuff later yeah yeah that'd be perfect um yeah. So, yeah, so I think, you know, uh, for now, that's it. And uh, until next time, we will talk to you later.